Hey friends, thanks for joining us on the Changed Movement podcast. For more resources, visit changedmovement.com or follow us on Instagram. Let's get started. Okay. Well, today we are with our good friend, Kathy Grace Duncan, who is up in, are you in Portland or just outside of Portland? Yeah, I am in Portland. So we just wanted to, uh, you've been with us since the very beginning. So you were in the very first Changed book and have, have been a part of the whole shebang, traveled with us to D.C. and other things, and you have an extraordinary story. So we wanted to um, kind of bring you on and, and let you share, and then maybe if people have questions, we want to take a few questions, so we'll try to, try to review those online. But otherwise, we're just going to do free flow, spontaneous Kathy Grace. Okay. Uh, so start with my story, I guess. Yeah, that sounds good. You know, and we don't, maybe 10 or 15 minutes, 15 okay. minutes of your story. Sure. So um, before going to kindergarten, uh, I was probably about three or four. I uh, would ride my tricycle over to my girlfriend's house to go pick her up because we were going to get married. Um, even then, I desired to be a boy. So, and then entering into kindergarten, it was like kind of a, clash because you know here I am dressed as a girl feeling I should have been a boy and you know growing up feeling that the whole time so through grade school and then junior high high school I always felt that I should have been a boy now my home life um, my dad was verbally and emotionally abusive to my mom and so and then I watched my mom crumble underneath that abuse basically Uh, he never you know as far as physical abuse I only saw him saw him hit her maybe a couple of times and I'm not, you know, I'm grateful it was only two times and I'm not saying that it's okay, but at least it was only two times. Um, But the messages that I got from, you know, watching this abuse from my dad is that women are hated, women are weak and women are vulnerable. And my mom, you know, she she responded that way. I'm weak and I'm vulnerable and I'm hated. And so here is my mom. She's supposed to be my example. And I'm like, I don't think I want to be that. But then here's my dad, you know, and I'm feeling that I'm supposed to be this man or, you know, growing up like a boy. And I'm like, but that's not okay either. So I made a vow at a really young age that I'm going to be the man that my dad is not. And I will rescue women. So Growing up, and then about the age of eight, between eight and 10, I was molested by a family member. Again, reinforcing those messages, women are hated, we're weak, we're vulnerable. And then also in between there, my little brother was born and he was celebrated. So I got another message that as a woman, I can be replaced and to get that affirmation I needed from my dad, I needed to be a boy. And so, bunch of messages in there telling me that being a woman is just bad. Um, So growing up in high school, um, there was a, my parents had a rental property and they rented to a family and they had a boy and he was two years younger than me and we became friends and uh, it took about a year for us in our relationship in in order for me to trust him and then I finally opened up to him and I said, hey, you know, I want to, I want to become a boy or I want to become a man. And he was really excited about that because now we could really go places and we could be brothers or we could be cousins. And uh, cause we were going um, 
so I lived in Hillsborough at the time, which is about 20 miles from Portland. And uh, we would go into Beaverton, which is the next town over, and we would go roller skating. And there we would say we were brothers or cousins. And then I would skate with girls. So I'm starting to act out at like, you know, age 12, 13, 14. And then as I got older, when I, when I turned 16, I bought a car. And now, you know, I could take girls out on a date. So I started living basically a double life. I was telling my parents, I'm going you know, to going out with this guy when actually I'm going over to pick up a girl <laughs> to go out on a date. And um, I made up this lie that I had a, a twin. So if people knew me and they're like, hey, I saw you with this girl, I'll be, oh yeah, that's my twin brother. You know, he's, you know, he doesn't live with us, but that's my twin brother. Or the other opposite, you know, if somebody saw me acting as a male, they'd be like, hey, I, I thought you were blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh no, that's my twin sister. I can't believe they bought it because fraternal twins do not look like they just don't. Um, so finally at the age of 19, I couldn't deal with, you know, just living at home, supposed to be this girl, but yet longing to be a man. So at the age of 19, I moved out, moved in with the family, changed my name, started hormone therapy, started taking the shots. And, um, the family that I moved in with, she had two younger daughters, uh, ages uh, 12 and 14. And the 14 year old kept bugging me about coming to her youth group. So I'm 19. I thought, well, it's five years. It's probably not a big deal. So I went and um, two weeks later at a church service, starting at this church, I accepted the Lord as my savior. And uh, I actually took the altar call three times because each morning when I woke up, I was like, uh, I don't feel any different, you know? And so finally at the third altar call, the pastor's like, you know, why don't you come down here? It's really, it works, you know, you're, you're saved. So, um, you know, then I thought, okay, well, the Lord's not striking me dead. You know, I'm not hearing him telling me that the way I'm living is wrong. And being so new to the faith, could I really hear his voice? And would I really be obedient? So I thought, well, he's okay with my lifestyle. So I'm going to continue to live as a man. So I did that, um, started working uh, at this job. My dad found out where I was working and he came in and told my, my manager, oh, hey, by the way, that's my daughter. That's not a man. Got fired from my job. <laughs> and then the, one of the women that I went to church with heard my dad and went and talked to the pastors. And the pastors, you know, she's like, hey, I'm working with this guy. But his dad came in and said, you know, that's my daughter. And so I was confronted by the pastors and they're like, hey, we're hearing, you know, rumors about you. We just want to know who are you? Who are you really? At that point, I said, well, I'm a man. He used to be a woman. And their response to me was, oh, you know, we love you, but please don't come back here. So I left the church somehow knowing that really wasn't the heart of the Lord, but not understanding that. So I kind of drifted around and then I started another job, met a girl. We started dating. She was a believer. Um, so I started going to her church, um, and then probably about three years later, four years later, we broke up, and I decided to stay at that church. Um, I was in, involved in the orchestra practice, or in the orchestra. One night, um, well, and at the end of that, let me back up just a bit. So when I broke up with that girl, I actually jumped into another relationship, a rebound relationship right away, and we dated for about a year, and in that relationship, I uh, got addicted to pornography. I think I always had that addiction, but in this relationship, I dove 
you know, headlong into this addiction. And it was, it was severe. It was, it was, I watched pornography every day, you know, and I would figure out ways to see it all times of the day. It was just, it was, it was bad. Um, and then uh, one night uh, I decided to break up with her and uh, cause I, I realized I woke up one morning and I'm like, oh my gosh, she's my mom and I'm my dad. I had just turned into everything I hated. So I realized, you know what? She can't be treated this way. So I broke up. And then one night on my way to orchestra practice, the Lord called to me and he said, will you now, will you now? And up until that point, I was kind of like following him, but not really following him, you know, trying, trying to be a good Christian, whatever that meant. And so when the Lord asked me that, I did this search, you know, it's like, did this inventory, okay. And I thought, I haven't got anything to lose. There's nothing in the way. So I said, yes, Lord, I will. And nothing really changed. Went on to Orcs practice. And this was about a four-year span from the time he called me to um, when I decided to come out to being a woman. But he wooed me in that, in that time. And it took me about three months later after his call to me, I realized I had been delivered. I mean, fully delivered from this pornography addiction. I was like, oh, my gosh. And um, it, it's amazing because I am still free from that. You know, there's no temptation. There's no, I mean, in to some degree, he's restored that innocence. Um, so, you know, I, yeah, that is, that's amazing. So in this four years, I just sought him with everything I had. You know, I, I made places for him everywhere in my life. And um, because I was so hungry for the Lord, the church recognized, hey, we got leadership material here, you know. Mm -hmm. So I began to... Uh, step into leadership positions. I led a, men, a men's Bible study group. I was also part of the junior high leadership team and, you know, hanging out with all the pastors there. And then um, I went on a junior high retreat, came back. By then I had another girlfriend. It was uh, becoming a pretty serious relationship. And I came home from a junior high camp and I uh, went to evening service. And the Lord had provided some spiritual parents for me by then. And my spiritual dad, Gary, came up to me and he said, hey, um, can I talk to you for a minute? And I was like, oh, I feel this. Can I talk to you? I think I'm going to be confronted here. So I said, sure. So I followed him back and we went into the prayer room and uh, a pastor that I had become really good friends with, Dave, was there. And when I entered the prayer room, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be confronted. Here we go. So I sat down. Dave said to me, you know, we're hearing rumors about you. We just want to know, who are you really? Who are you? Same question as what I had like 11 years before that. But this time I said, I'm a woman living as a man. And when I said that, the Holy Spirit went and just blew into me. And right when that happened, I knew, okay, I got to go back to being a woman. It was like, boom, that's it. Got to go back to being a woman. And, um, I also saw the next two weeks of my life and that I needed to step down from this ministry and I needed to talk to this pastor and step down, you know, talk to all these pastors and step down from all this stuff because plan A, I had to go back to being a woman. So I said to Dave, not telling him anything I just saw, and I said, hey, uh, what should I do? And he's like, uh, well, you know, you could, um, maybe you should, uh, well, uh, yeah, I don't know what you should do. So I said, well, can I share with you what I saw? And he's like, sure. So shared with him and he's like, you know what? 
I will meet with you. I will be with you during these pastors. Whoa, way different response. And I will say that he was true to that. He did walk with me. I feel like he began my tool belt, you know, and he started me on a road to being successful in walking this out. So um, started at the Portland Fellowship, went through the program, uh, began to figure out my stuff. And about five years, four or five years after that, um, I had come to a place where I could actually, I'd stopped the hormones within the first year of making that commitment to the Lord of going back to be, being who he created me to be and um, stopped the hormones. And then I came into a place where I could actually cross back over into living full-time as a woman. Because once again, I was living a double life. And I told the Lord, I'm, I'm done. I got to stop this double life thing. Because by day, I'm working as a guy. I'm by night, I'm trying to figure out who I am as a woman. So I did that and uh, started a new job as a woman. I was a baker. When I, as I was driving home, I started to laugh. I was like, Lord, I'm a baker. Isn't that woman's work? And uh, the Lord said to me, you are who I've created you to be. Now walk in that. And so um, I've been doing that. Uh, now at the Portland Fellowship, I've uh, transitioned into uh, part of the leadership. I'm the women's leader, uh, women's ministry leader, and I lead small groups and teach here and there and do stuff. I'm actually on the Portland Fellowship board as well. And um, so I've been out of that lifestyle for 27 years now. There you have it. Wow, 27 years. I, I, I didn't think about it, but I should have had a photo ready to drop in here when you were talking about life right when the Lord was speaking to you at the, at the end to, about becoming the woman that he created you to be. Because um, I think people look at you now and they just have no, no idea how far down that path you had gone. So, I mean, can you talk a little bit about how far in the transition process were you when the Lord started saying, nope, it's time to, to begin coming out? Sure. Uh, so I, I could grow a full beard, had a receding hairline. Um, some of the effects of the hormones, some of my hair hasn't quite all filled in, but it's filled in a tremendous amount. Full beard, uh, I was, uh, I worked out a lot. So I was, you know, I was pretty big for, you know, I'm only 5'5", five five, so I weighed like 170 pounds. So I was pretty yes. tough guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, my voice was a lot deeper. And, um, I mean, if you saw me on the street and you didn't know me, you would have went, man, yeah. you know, um, did you, you had a, um, a mastectomy, didn't you? I did. I had a double mastectomy, um, removed everything. I never changed. Oh, there we go. There you go. Yay. Thank there you, Ken. I am. <laughs> right. Very it's handsome. fascinating because I look at that and I'm like, okay, I, I know I live that, but who is that? You know, it's just. That's amazing to me. Wow, Ken. Thank you for pulling that up. Hey, yeah. But you got to show them the cowboy one. That's even better. There we go. <laughs> amazing. You know, I, sometimes I hear, like, is there anything that seems irreversible? Like, I've, I've heard of young women taking male hormones and not being able to get their voice restored. Did you have trouble with that? Um, yeah. So my voice is deeper it's than... Kind of yeah. Normal, yeah. Normal woman. There is a procedure because your vocal cords thicken and that's what gives you the deeper voice from mm -hmm. the treatment. If I wanted a lighter voice, I could go in and have it shaved, which would raise my voice. But it's also a very risky procedure because it, one wrong move and I would totally lose my voice. 
And so I just thought, you know what, I'm going to have a little bit of a deeper voice than necessary <laughs> and what I would hoped. But, you know, actually the Lord has used that because, you know, in times when I teach and maybe there's something wrong with the equipment, my voice carries, you know, yeah. so I can still teach necessarily without having to be mic'd, if you will. Yeah. To some degree, it's been a blessing. I love when you share um, the way God revealed himself as a father to you. Would you share that part of your story? Sure. So um, there is a teaching at the Portland Fellowship about father. And um, the question was, so when you address the Lord, can you call him father? Can you call him? And they went through all these names. And I'm like, yep, I can do that. Yep, I can do that. Yeah, I can call him dad. I can call him father. I can call him papa. I can do all these things next day when I went to prayer, um, when I went to pray, the Lord said, I want you to call me daddy. I was like, ooh, okay. <laughs> That's the name right there. I mm, can't do that. And he's like, yeah, so when you pray, call me daddy. And I'm like, okay, we're done because I'm not doing that. So um, went back the next day and I'm like, Lord, and he's like, yeah, I, I want you to call me daddy. Hey, well, we're done. Can't do that. Because to me, to call him daddy was like swearing at him. And I'm like, why would you want that? That is such a bad name. So I held my ground for two weeks and so did he. And at the end of two weeks, I thought, okay, I'm really missing my conversations with you. And I'm like, and I'm not changing your mind. You are definite about this. So um, I, I would go to a graveyard and I would pray because um, I could walk around. There was a circular thing. And so I sat down on the curb and I thought, all right, he's not changing his mind, so I'm, I'm going to try this. And I sat there with all the courage that I had, it just everything that I, I, you know, just all this courage. I sat there and I went, daddy, it's like, ugh, I broke and I sobbed, sobbed because I expected him to beat me like I've been beaten, you know, and, um, but he didn't. I mean, I cried so hard that my sides were sore the next day from just sobbing so hard. And there was this gut. Um, I don't, I, that's the only words I know how to explain it, but it was much deeper than that. And um, after that, I was able to call him daddy and this healing began as far as those places that my dad had told me, you know, the things that he said to my mom, I took on also because I was a girl. And so all these lies began to be addressed. Like, you know, I'm inappropriate. You know, the clothes I wear are not good enough. I'm not good enough as a woman. I won't make it as a woman. I'll always be hated. I will always, always, always. And I began to see through after, you know, prayer. And, you know, since then, you know, I love calling him daddy. Um, and when I do, I feel like there's this, just this nearness, like I get to just crawl up on his lap and just be held by him. But in doing that, it also opened the door for me to begin the process of forgiveness because I would have never considered forgiving him prior to that. And so it opened this door for forgiveness. I worked through forgiveness. And let me tell you, that was a process too. Um, and then after working through the process of forgiveness, the Lord said, okay, I, I want you to reconcile. I was like, uh, uh, reconcile. Uh, uh. 
So I stepped out in faith and I was obedient to those things that the Lord asked me to do. And I did. I reconciled with my dad. And um, he passed eight years ago. And I'm grateful I did that because I have no regrets. There's not, oh, I wished I would have said, I wish I would have, you know, I, um, I have this peace in my heart. And I have to say through the reconciliation that now that he's passed, there's times I wish, man, dad, I wish you were here because you could help me with blah, blah, you know? So yeah, it was a hard process, but so worth it. Ken, I feel like I'm dominating the, the interview. <laughs> I always have to be careful because sometimes I get really exuberant and then I just don't let Ken get a word in. So I love exuberant, Elizabeth. But <laughs> um, Kathy Grace, your story is just, uh, I love it because it, it show, you do such an amazing job of showing what's really happening beneath the surface, right? Mm -hmm. it, so much we hear you know, uh, just with the war and culture over LGBT issues, we just hear kind of surface level. I think a lot of the times it's like, well, this is what I wanted. And so this is what I went for or whatever, mm -hmm. but to really hear coming at the, so the, the formation of, of your pain and how really the whole journey sounds to me like just a lot of pain mm -hmm. until the Lord stepped in, you know, um, I think it's just so encouraging for everyone else that is, trying to find their way along this journey. And um, so I don't know if you have any other questions or comments, Elizabeth, but uh, before we jump off, I would, I just, I can just feel in my gut that there are a lot of people that will watch this recording that have very similar issues or roots to what you had, whether they're male or female and whether they had trans feelings or whether they had homosexual feelings. Like to me, the roots are so, um, can often be the same regardless of how right. it manifested in our response to it. Right. But I would love, uh, Elizabeth may have some questions first, but I want, I want to have you just kind of minister to, to us because I, I know that there's mega breakthrough that the Lord will want to come and personally do for people like he did for you, you know, to yeah. others. You know, one thing that keeps going through my mind is uh, I just want to encourage, you know, there's a lot of talk about why well, I entered the lifestyle and I had this regret and some experienced regret. I did not. I was happy being a man. It wasn't until it blew into me and I was confronted and I was still, I was confronted in, in love and they didn't tell me I needed to go back. That was totally the Lord. So if you don't have regret about it, it's okay because the Lord can still come in and override that. You know, I was totally happy to be continuing to live as a man because that was the plan. And um, so you don't need regret. If you have regret, you know, maybe you need to respond to the Lord and be obedient to those things that he's calling you to. Um, but at the same time, if you don't have regret and the Lord calls to you, also be obedient to that. But it doesn't take regret to change. Oh, that's good. You know, I think often we tell our stories and we understand our stories. Like we understand we've, we've done a lot of hard work with the Lord asking him, why did I think this way? Or what were the primary points of my life that caused me to make these decisions or these believe these things about myself? So we've, we've done all that hard work. Um, and so people think that um, we knew as a child that we were, um, I was making, I was intentionally making this decision. And so I think a lot of people 
out there who don't have our life experiences um, just are, they can't understand how we understand what we do. <laughs> That's kind of a convoluted saying way to say that. But so what were some of the ways that um, the Lord began opening up for you, your belief system and helping you understand how you would even come to believe that you were a man? Sure. And that's very true. A lot of the revelations I had came from walking it out, from responding mm -hmm. to the call that the Lord said, hey, come back to being a woman. And there was such a desire in my heart to go back to being the woman that he created me to be. And I believe that's because of the four years of wooing. You know, my heart was like, because I begged him, Lord, I want more of you. I want more of you. And to have more of him and to continue in that relationship that I so deeply desired, this was just the next step. Right. You know, to coming in, to being fully who he created me to be. Um, you know, I... Can I pause you on that? I, I yeah. mean, I just want to emphasize that again, that your, your response or your decision to move back towards being a woman was a decision out of obedience to the Lord because you wanted, you saw that he was asking you to do that. Like, yeah. so you were responding to him. It wasn't like you were looking at some list of rules and saying, no, I must change. It was, you saw that as a roadblock to getting more of the Lord in your life. Yeah. Well, and I had wondered when he called me, you know, will you now, will you now, was it, will you now follow me? Will you now make that decision? You know, and I've wondered just recently, as a matter of fact, um, when he says, will you now, when I said, yes, I will, was I responding to when he, the four years later, yeah. when he said, will you, you know, when I said, yes, I'll come back to being the woman that you created me to be. But it was, it was in the walking out that I began to understand the Lord's heart for me and the lies that I believed, um, you know, because there was the women that I dated were all nurturing. And that was the very thing that I lacked. But it took the Lord to expose that, you know, and it took, you know, asking him questions. I can remember at the very beginning, you know, here I had a beard and, you know, I was like, Lord, you're calling me back to being this woman. Do you see how I look? You got to change me like tomorrow or yesterday. And. Um, and I begged him and begged him and begged him. And the Lord, finally, he said to me, I, yeah, I don't care about that. I'm like, well, how do you not care about that? Do you not see how I look? You're calling me back to being this woman and I don't look anything like that. Well, how, how can you not care about that? And the Lord said, yeah, I'm, I'm after your heart. And I was like, oh, so my heart had to change before the outer could change. And it was the outer that reflected the changes that were in my heart because I didn't believe at that point that being a woman was good. Yeah. And as I battled the lies that women were bad and, and, you know, cause even when he created Adam and Eve, he said they were good. And so I was like, okay, so if you're calling them good way back then, you know, you, you don't change your mind about things you call good. And so I had to begin to understand why is that good? You know, you created me, and then I realized, you know what, you created me on purpose for a purpose, and that's also good. And so figuring out how to embrace that and put back the lies. So it was like, you know, the enemy would come, being a woman is bad. Okay, but your word says, you know, the Lord's word said, this is what he says, it's good, and this is why it's good. And so, and then some of them too, you know, there was obedience steps I had to take too, where 
you know, there were clothes that I was wearing and I, in my heart, I was like, oh, I don't want to wear this anymore because this represents being a man. I don't, I want to embrace being a woman. So I took so many trips to Goodwill <laughs> taking these clothes, you know, and I have to say some of them were, somebody scored on my, my men's clothing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, you know, there were steps to being obedient because the Lord said to me one time, I want you to walk in being a woman as much as you are able walk in that truth. And I was like, oh, okay. So that meant going out in public and trying to be as feminine as I knew to be. And yeah, it was awkward at first, but um, in that obedience, I learned, oh, so this is a woman and embracing these things are okay. You know, I had friends come alongside too, pulling that out, going, oh no, no, try this, do this, you know? And um, I knew their heart was for me, so I would try it. You know, there were those well-meaning people. It's like, oh, no, you need to, you need to. And it's like, yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Kathy Grace, do, yeah, do, you, yeah, do you regret any of those forays that you made into more traditional femininity? Or, you know, is there any point where you're like, oh, I, I ventured into wearing, putting on the dress or whatever and wish I hadn't? No, because... Um, my, I realized my heart had to change. I had to come to a place to embrace that. Um, I did have somebody tell me, you, you just need to be wearing dresses, you know, and that's what help you make be changed, you know? And in my heart, I went, no. <laughs> I told her, I said, I'm not doing that because my heart is not in the place to embrace that. Cause I, I wanted to be, if the Lord's going to call me into this, I wanted to be authentic. I really wanted to be able to wear a dress when I could wear a dress. And it did come to that place. You know, yeah. I accepted who I was as a woman. I was able to embrace those more feminine things. And sometimes I, I did need to be challenged by others going, mm, try this, you know, I'm like, oh, that's frilly. And they're like, well, just try it. You know, we're not saying you have to buy it, just try it. Right. So I'd, I'd be like, oh, wow, I like this. <laughs> and so, yeah. Beautiful. Wow. Well, probably, I guess we're 30 minutes in. So what would you, how would you, what's the Lord saying to you to kind of speak to our crowd here at Changed? Sure. Um, I would just encourage you, you know, the only way out is to go back through it. Really. Mm -hmm. You have to look at your stuff and, and not give in to, oh, this is just the thing I'm always going to struggle with. Cause I don't believe that that's true. There are so many things that, I used to struggle with that I just don't. I am, I will say I'm so incredibly free. I look back at that stuff and I was like, yeah. So it's, it's willing to go to the Lord and go, I struggle with this and I don't know why and I don't know what to do. And, and say, I, I need your help. And then being obedient, you know, as much as you are able, he, there's so much grace for, you know, to make mistakes and not be obedient right at first. But it's also being willing to lay down those things. And even if you don't understand, I, I had many times like, Lord, I don't understand. That doesn't make sense. No, I'm not doing that. But to still be open to go, okay, well, maybe it's okay. So, you know, but he's okay with you telling him, because I told him, I'm not doing that, <laughs> to come around to do that. Because I was like, well, what if you're right? You know, what if he... What if he is good? What if he is holding out these things that are good to me? And you know, the road's, the road's going to be hard. Narrow is the way. And if you want the way, 
you got to go through those narrow places because it's not, it's, I, I, living as a man, I was in the broad. I was in the wide. But walking now as a woman, I'm in the narrow and I wouldn't have it any other way. And the healing that comes from those things, those things you don't regret ever. I would do the process all over again because of how I come to know the Lord in it. That's the truth. Like Ken and I say that over and over again. Yeah. Because everyone that we know who has walked the journey, whether it, no matter how long it took them to, to pursue the Lord, to get the transformation that he was calling us to, there's such a depth of intimacy with Jesus that is the gold. I mean, it's worth everything. Right. I would never change my story. I'd do it all again. Exactly. I, I want to add one other thing, and that is, you know, when I was asking the Lord, how free can I be? How free can I be? You know, because I was like, I was kind of stuck in the middle right there. It wasn't really looking like a man anymore. It wasn't really looking like a woman. So I asked the Lord, how free can I be? And the Lord said to me, you're as free as you want to be. And I was like, oh, so the only thing that gets in the way of your freedom is you. And if you pursue him, he'll give it to you. And the Lord asked me one time, well, what do you want? So I had to think about, well, what do I want? And, um, you know, if, if you're struggling with something that's really not of the Lord, then tell him, I, I want that because I don't know how to want you over here. Mm-hmm. And he has so much grace for that, you know, and he can walk you through that and bring you to freedom. Promise you, it'll be worth it. So good. Why don't you, why don't you close us in prayer, Kathy Grace? Absolutely. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for this time to speak the truth and to reveal some of your character. God, you have plans for us that are so immense and so particular to each one of us. Lord, you have designed a plan for each one of us. And so, Lord, I pray that um, those who are trying to figure out that plan, that you give them the discernment, you give them the courage to continue to walk forward, you give them the faith to believe that you're going to be there. And Lord, for those who are already on the other side, who are walking in that freedom, Lord, I just ask for a deeper desire of you, God, that you would reveal yourself in those places that they're, they're not even aware of yet. But for all of us, Lord, I ask that you would continue to draw us into yourself, that we would understand more and more of you, that we would desire more and more of you, Lord, that we would say yes uh, within a heartbeat to the things that you call us and ask us to do. We would say yes to being obedient without even thinking twice about it, believing that you're good, believing that this is the best because your plan is the best. Amen. 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 Uh, He's so good. Um, Yes, he is. He's so good. Anytime I feel far from the Lord, Kathy Grace, I'm going to call you. (laughs) (laughs) I think you hear hear from the Lord so well. It's so encouraging to me. So we just bless you, Kathy Grace. I just want to pray over you really quick. Um, Thank you. We we pray prosperity over you and blessing and guidance. And, And I know that you're in a season of waiting for for direction and answers and so lord we just bless this season i pray that you take her deeper than she's ever been into your heart jesus and make all things clear make a way father of course you are the way maker and so we just praise you today jesus thank you for who you are and for who you are to change all of us are pursuing you and so thank you for your great grace in jesus name amen amen amen
Well, thank you, guys. Oh, it's so great having you. Thanks for joining us today, Kathy Grace. Absolutely. And Bye. everyone on Changed, we'll see you again next Friday. Love you guys. Love everybody. Thanks, Kathy Grace. You bet. Bye. Let's see if I can get off Facebook. There we go. Thanks for listening. We're glad you joined us. For more content, visit changedmovement.com and follow us on social media. And remember, changed is possible.